0: welcome to episode 27 of design company podcast and today i have actually a very very dear friend of mine there i say even brother not just brother mo but also brother samson but before further ado samson please tell us who are you
1: sure hi there um thank you very much for for having me on uh, on the podcast it's uh yeah pleasure to be here um and yeah looking forward to to getting into all the things we're going to be discussing. So uh, I'm Samson. Um, I am founder and CEO of Open Energy Labs. um, And we teach young people in sub-Saharan Africa how to build renewable electricity supplies.
0: For the background of how I personally know Samson, we worked together at Roli, one of the uh, cutting edge uh, companies in the music technology uh, realm and helped to get Roli to partner with Apple worldwide, both, both offline and online. And Samson is one of the wizards of electrical engineering and I, I never really know like the difference between electronic and electric engineering but I'm sure we can touch on that <laughs> sure. um, even though even though I worked this beside you a number of times and, and also the other thing was silicone or silicon uh, which people <laughs> yeah. always mix up but tell us yeah, tell us what is the purpose of open energy labs
1: yeah so um So the purpose is um, to provide universal access to electricity, um, but with a focus on doing that through education. Mm. Um, So um, 600 million people in sub-Saharan Africa don't have access to electricity. That's 1 billion people worldwide. But within sub-Saharan Africa, the kind of really big problem is that one of the major barriers to um, improving access to electricity is that there isn't the kind of technical capacity there. You know, people don't kind of have the skills in order to actually build these renewable energy systems. Um, and, you know, it's a horrible kind of chicken and egg problem because in order to build those skills, you need to learn about electronics or, and electricity. But, you know, you can't learn electronics or about electricity if you don't have access to it. Um, and so what we're trying to do is trying to kind of break out of that cycle by having the education that students learn um, around electronics being so focused using project-based learning um, to um, actually build an electricity supply as part of their education. Um, And that kind of breaks out of that um, kind of cycle um, because students actually have access to electricity. But what it also, you know, a kind of one of the big aims of what we're trying to do is trying to build that capacity for innovation um, so that you know people who um, are living in these kind of rural areas have agency and have the ability to actually solve this problem for themselves and um, there's that you know famous saying teach man, you know give a man a fish he'll eat for a day teach him to fish he'll eat for life and we're kind of teaching people to build fishing rods.
2: Yeah, I want to bounce off what you said, Samson, because that was actually the next question and statement I was going to make. So I love that you said that saying, right? (laughs) If someone has a fish instead of giving them the fish. And for me, this is one of the key issues in kind of, you know, global development, especially in countries that are still developing, is that there's still a very colonialistic tendency to see people as like subhuman or incapable of changing themselves. Mm. Whereas actually, you know, just what people need is, you know, information, access Mm. to the resources to be able to do these things and then ultimately the ability to control, take control of their lives, right? And then move forward. So I I like what what you're doing then. So (laughs) tell us a bit more like, in terms of like the people you're serving. So those are the communities in Africa, you said, right? Mm. Yeah, that's right. So so, uh, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I was just saying, but like, so obviously go a bit more into that, but also I'd, I'd also like to hear, what are the people that you need on your end in your team, you know, whether employees or key partners to make this a reality?
1: Mm, that's, a, yeah, two really, really good questions. So um, in terms of the communities that we're working with, um, so we work with two, well, so we currently work with one kind of main community and then we're kind of looking to expand. So um, we, um, in October 2019, last year, we launched a pilot program in the capital city um, where we were working predominantly with um, kind of uh, technical college students um, and kind of high school leavers within Lusaka. Um, And we've since since the launch there, we've trained 100 students. We actually had our kind of graduation um, ceremony uh, last week, Friday. Um, And so, um, yeah, you know, that's kind of mainly kind of relatively affluent students um, who um, have either finished university, still studying, but are kind of looking for new skills. Um, So, you know, it's quite common in Zambia that people take short courses um, to kind of there's still quite a strong focus on adult education. Um, And, you know, what that means is that you'll have people who have a degree in electronic engineering, marketing, and fish farming, right? People just have such an amazing, like, um, array of skills. Um, So kind of focusing on that and, you know, we we do generally focus on the kind of younger uh, demographics, so 18 to 25. Um, And, but what we're now working towards is working with more rural populations. And, um, yeah, it's a really good question about who we need to partner. So, in terms of the rural populations, um, we're partnering with an organization called ZioHub, who run um, kind of uh, rural education hubs um, that kind of provide internet access and workshops. Um, and yeah, we're kind of really excited about that partnership. But we also, you know, our ultimate aim really is to integrate our educational program um, into the Zambian curriculum. And in order to do that, we have engaged a number of government partners. Um, so we've recently signed a memorandum of understanding, so a partnership agreement with the Ministry of Energy. And we're now working, so we have another one that we've just signed with um, uh, a department within the national, uh, the Ministry of Higher Education. And so essentially what we're looking to do is to um, yeah roll this out essentially across the country so that every student learns about electricity by building an electricity supply
2: yeah
1: um so yeah a kind of whole range of partners but predominantly government partners is what we've what we've been working towards
0: awesome so like you guys got me started on this like fishing analogies. i'm a fisherman and i, lo- I love this whole thing of like trying to catch a pike this whole year and still haven't succeeded. I'm not sure if it's the rod or the lure or timing of the day, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, that brings us on to the system. And, you know, I, myself, for example, like my dad was famously like scared of electricity. Every time my mom would ask him like, can you go and change that light bulb? He'd be like, oh, I'm scared. Like, you know? and I'm a bit like my dad in that sense. So how does this system work? What is, what is the, what is the process for you to to be doing uh, what what you're doing with Open Energy Labs?
1: Sure, so um, what we we have is we have um, uh, a piece of hardware um, and essentially it's a printed circuit board um, upon which we have kind of printed um, the uh, kind of instructions for how it works essentially. And so what students get is they get this printed circuit board and then they actually build it and learn how it works. And at the end, that circuit board is able to take power from the solar panel and you can then use that to charge your phone or provide lighting, right? So they're really building what is essentially a kind of, um, small solar home system. Um, so that's kind of where we started and we kind of ran a program with that hardware as the kind of core part of the program but that doesn't really scale. And so what, we've, what we're have what we now working on, so we've got a grant um, through the Global Challenges Research Fund, um, which is administered by Innovate UK, um, to build a app um, that will take all of that content um, and deliver it to students. Um, so kind of teachers will be able to use that in the classroom, kind of akin to a kind of smart textbook. Um, but what's really cool about what we're doing as well is that the app will actually connect To the hardware and students will be able to write small programs so that they can actually um, interact with their energy supply. So they'll be able to monitor the voltage level. They'll be able to monitor how much power they're generating um, and we're kind of building in exercises through the learning so that um, Yeah, they they can actually you know, build and understand this system and understand energy generation systems mm. and then also kind of use it as a platform for innovation.
2: So, I mean, Samson, you basically, again, I, I like how we're in sync. You just
0: just mentioned the key word there, innovation.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Always moving to the, to, to the right level of the convo. Good one. So, so what I'm seeing here, Samson, is actually two forms of innovation, right? Mm. The first one I would guess is more reflective of this trend we've seen of like moving away from Industrial scale electrical and electronics mm. projects are really putting that in the hands of private individuals in an accessible way. And mm. the second one I'm seeing is kind of more on the educative aspect, which is as I said, just like having static learning, you're really mm. putting students in a kind of what we call cognitive activation context mm. and empowering them to actually acquire information and then apply that information and then have that real time feedback loop instead of just like yeah. some artificial test, right? So, yeah. I mean. Is there anything else I can like tell us about innovation? Something you're proud about? Maybe a form I missed out on. Sure. No. Anything think, innovative you want to highlight?
0: Hold on, guys. Hold yeah. on a second. Mo just won the phrase of the day: cognitive activation context. So <laughs> Samson, try and top that one up. But yeah, tell us about the innovation.
1: Sure. So, um, I think um, you know I completely agree with all of the things that that you're that you're saying. I think the the kind of core um thing that's that's completely unique i think um to to what it is that we're doing the approach that we're taking is that um you know that there has been um you know a a move towards um uh, you know project-based learning um and you know allowing students to kind of engage um with with um, their learning in a kind of practical way Quite often those projects are kind of meaningless, you know, it's, you know, so maybe you might build a robot or um, that collects table tennis balls or or something like that. But what we're doing is not only are you kind of learning and applying your learning to something, you're actually applying it to something that has the potential to have a massive impact on your life. You know, we're talking about students who aren't able to study after dark just because they don't have access to electricity or are huddling around, a, you know, what's essentially a, an unshielded kerosene lamp, you know? And so not only are you kind of learning all of this stuff, but you're actually applying it to something that, you know, it, you know, increases your ability to learn um, in, in a kind of much more kind of general sense. So um, I think that's one of the things that is really kind of quite unique, that this is at once a toy you know, you could kind of see it as we, we kind of sometimes say that we're kind of the Lego for energy. Um, but at the same time, it's something that actually does really solve a, a real problem. Um, so and I think that to me is is, the, is one of the things that we kind of think about when we're kind of thinking about the, the innovation is like making sure and that that link to a real problem is super clear. Um, and you kind of empower students to to apply their learning to real problems. And you, know, uh, and, you know, innovation is also partly good luck that we happen to live in a time where the actual electronics of doing this are really quite simple. You know, building a solar home system for, you know, um, for the level that we're doing it, it's not particularly complicated. And so, you know, I think that the kind of way in which we're applying that, that's, that's really kind of what, what drives that innovation
2: just before Jason jumps into products I want to say yeah I mean what you said about the learning being useful I remember when I was in school and I'd be like why the hell am I learning this information again like when am i actually going to use it so what what I love here is that you're working on both sides right right you're both working on something very useful which is engineering skills that can actually help you with a job or with your business or with like experimentation and you're also applying it to a real problem you know it's not like Pythagoras theorem, which is kind of useful. It's like, okay, if I don't do my homework on the PCB, <laughs> I'm not having electricity at home. So I love that you've gotten like those two parts really much more convergent towards each other. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah it also reminds me, I fully resonate on the practical projects, uh, mostly being meaningless. I remember when I was doing my uh, degree in computer science, we had this Natty professor uh dr zimmerman or something like that and he gave us like a java project to to code up what he called the sheep simulator (laughs) and it was like completely pointless to the point where i just said like i'm not doing that i don't care if if i fail the whole module Mm -hmm. but i'm going to set up my own uh, theme to code Mm -hmm. to learn java development lo and behold it transpired that java was too complicated but um you know the point was that like i I really love the idea of like purposeful projects basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and purposeful products as well, which, which is what you're doing here, Samson. So tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the, the product itself, not just in terms of the actual thing, but also maybe some of the meta aspects of this in terms of there's an educational aspect it seems like, but also like developing skills. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we say like, you know, soft skills are the hardest uh i'm not so sure that like building your own solar pa- panel uh home thing is a soft skill but it sounds <laughs> like you made it soft enough for anybody even me who's scared of electricity <laughs> might want to kind of tinker with this
1: yeah sure yeah i mean so just just speaking to that last point you know um we had a journalist you know come in and and uh and you know he you know he wrote an article being like, "Even as a journalist, I can do this um, so you know we we've had people from all walks of life kind of come through um, and from kind of all sorts of backgrounds and and like I said, you know it all it requires to be honest is like out al- you know you have to some very very simple algebra and you're basically good to go um, so in terms of the product um yeah it's an interesting one um in terms of the soft skills, so I think that um you know, obviously there, there are the kind of hard skills of, you know, electronic engineering, um, uh, kind of learning about electricity and the kind of physics of that. Um, we also would like do programming. Um, so, you know, the kind of if statements uh, and, and, and uh, variables and all of those kind of more slightly more kind of computer science sort of things. But what we've also always had is that, you know, a space and a time for students at the end to be able to actually, Um, come up with their own projects and I think again what's quite interesting is that there are a couple of companies starting out now who are um, coming up with training programs um, for people in the solar industry but their focus is always on the kind of installation and maintenance they're basically training up the car mechanics of the solar world which you know is obviously really important and you need people who can maintain these sorts of systems but what we've seen is that the people who are actually doing the hard innovation you know who are actually you know and, and like innovation is there's a there's a hard skill but there's a soft skill there's a an ability to explore there's an ability there's a kind of confidence to make mistakes um, and to kind of go out and do that and obviously within the within the kind of electricity context um, you need to kind of set that up very very carefully you know because because mistakes are you know can be dangerous um, but we've kind of really worked hard to to kind of allow students that space. Um, And, you know, within the companies who are doing that innovation, the people who are doing that innovation are coming from Europe. They're coming from the U S they're coming from China. It's not people from the countries in Africa who um, a lot of the time in these, particularly in the bigger kind of solar companies, they're not the ones doing the innovation. And, you know, I think, and we as a company think that that's something that needs to change. Um, and that's kind of one of the things, one of the kind of soft skills that we're driving towards with our, with our product as well.
0: So, what is the core product?
1: Uh, oh, for- sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, so, um, the core product is our hardware. Um, so, um, essentially, a printed circuit board along with the components and then a um, an app which connects to the um, hardware. We're kind of still prototyping it, but hoping that it will be Bluetooth. Um, and um, that app will at once teach you how it works, but also allow you to actually interact with the with the LE one. Um, so that's that's the kind of I suppose the the product to our um, to our users, the product to our customers um, who are. You know the ministry of energy um, the ministry of higher education but also um, you know large um power producers you know people like edf energy who operate as power producers in zambia they're looking to you know have a more skilled up workforce um they're looking for um you know um goodwill you know this is obviously for 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 the big you know power companies there is um, kind of impact. And as we see the kind of, um, I mean, this might sound like a right wing talking point, but the kind of ESG agenda kind of, you know, continue to, to expand, um, and, you know, and that's being driven both by um, the kind of governments that these power producers are working with, but also with the investors, you know, investors are now asking, okay, so you're working in sub-Saharan Africa, what are you doing to make sure that there's development happening? Um, and so, you know, part of what we offer to those CSR or ESG um, uh, departments is, is kind of clear and measurable impact. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of to our customers is that's kind of much closer to, to what I would describe the product. as.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Uh, Mo, do you want to ask Samson about money? Yes.
2: Uh, Yeah, I was going to drop it to money, but I I like the way, Samson, that like, you know, with one set of hardware, software, you you described different products. And this really is design company ethos. It's understanding it's not so much about the software or the hardware or whatever you have set up. It's more about based on the person that you're dealing with, what is it that you're actually giving them? Mm. And Mm. so I I, I quite like that way you kind of differentiate between, you know, the people that kind of on the ground, using it, students. And then mm. the ministries, etc. Mm. Um talk, talking about the money side. So then how do how do you guys you know make money so that you can save more people
1: or help more yeah. people? <laughs> um so um we make money. So at the moment we're a kind of um a B2C um okay. kind of model. Um it's quality relatively small amounts of revenue doing that. Um, you know, we have been working with the affluent um students, um so we are able to generate um, kind of essentially just about enough money to, to survive with our kind of small team in Zambia. Um, in terms of our um, current product development, that's kind of funded through grant funding. Okay. We've just closed a, a, um, a kind of seed round on CrowdCube where we raised just 120K, thank you. Um, and so what we're now doing is we're talking to um, the independent power producers Um, And so essentially the model is that we um, distribute these kits through the ministry of higher education um, and our partnership with the ministry of energy essentially um, is that they kind of endorse us as a way for these independent power producers to spend their ESG budgets. Um, And so we're now kind of in those kind of early discussions with, with these kind of, kind of larger energy corporates um for ways in which they can actually spend that money so that's kind of we're still quite early stage in terms of um generating revenue that will allow us to kind of you know scale quickly um but we're kind of at the moment kind of just about generating enough that allows us to kind of survive nice
2: one
0: Survival is essential.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, hey, just
2: remember, just remember, Samson, you're more profitable than Snapchat has been most of its life.
0: And uh, extremely <laughs> more uh, reliable than WeWork, yeah. <laughs> or, or Theranos or, or Enron Theranos. or yeah. like yeah. so many of these, like, what was it? Oh gosh, there's so many unsustainable projects out there. Yeah. We've, yeah. Like we've, we've learned just about every single lesson out of them. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of growth, then. So let's now imagine it's twenty thirty, mm. and Open Energy Labs is where describe this world. Yeah, it's, a, it's
1: an it's an possible. interesting one. Um, so twenty thirty. Um, so Open Energy Labs in go wild. Yeah, is a. Um, essentially an energy, uh, holds a kind of diverse energy portfolio of innovations that have been created, um, using our platform and that have then gone on to, um, you know, become major energy innovations, um, with a particular focus on, well, with a sole focus on renewable energy. So, um, you know the the kind of next big thing in energy um we will kind of uh have incubated that um and um kind of been a partner to to their growth um so that's kind of where we where we see ourselves in in kind of 10 years
0: one one thing that comes to mind there is that you, do you see some sort of partnership and collaboration with uh, companies like Solar City and all this kind of like Elon Musk's of the world?
1: Um, yeah, sure. I think I think Elon has a, a slightly different way of looking at the world to to what we do. Um,
2: Definitely tell us more about that, Samson, because
1: I'm curious of what
0: you just said. Yeah, 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 go into that. Like, what's the difference?
1: Yeah, well, it's slightly ironic to me that that, you know, um, you know, solar energy has this has this massive potential to be decentralized. You know, and I think it's really interesting, like solar is, solar by itself is not the answer. And, you know, I I remember this when I was when I was doing my master's that um, people would complain about you know, tidal energy. And they would say, oh, tidal is rubbish. It's only ever going to be 5% of our energy mix. And I always thought that that was really great. What we want is we want 20 different types of energy with 5% of the energy mix, right? You kind of want these kind of like renewable and almost at points kind of redundant energy systems. Whereas I think Elon's vision for, for how he kind of, or at least, I don't know, you know, Elon Musk personally, so uh, you know, it's not like I've had a conversation with him about this, but from, from what I've read that he's written and, you know, from, from the kind of media that, that I've seen him in, you know, he's talked about, you know, we need seven factories worldwide to be producing all of the world's solar panels. And, you know, to me, it's slightly ironic that you've got this massively, you know, potential for kind of decentralized energy, and yet you want to kind of massively centralize the production thereof. Um, and I think that, you know, what we're kind of aiming towards is, is kind of a, um, a kind of much more decentralized, much more distributed way um, of, you know, uh, manufacturing, um, but producing and innovating and creating, um, you know, renewable energy assets um, that have a much, you know, much stronger focus on, on what energy resources people have around them you know, okay, so you might have lots of sun in sub-Saharan Africa, but Zambia, for example, has lots and lots of rivers. Um, You know, Zambia, over 90% of Zambia's energy is created by hydro. Um, And so part of this is also kind of, you know, uh, the analogy I like to use actually is um, thinking about it in terms of like food. Um, And, you know, if you kind of start at the kind of very kind of local level, you know, you've got, you know, every grandmother has her own kind of recipe. She does something slightly different. Um, And then you kind of got this kind of more regional level where you've got particular spices, um, particular, you know, um, ingredients that people use. And then um, kind of, you've got this kind of national, you know, you've kind of got rice or pasta as the staple. And then there's the universal, right? Everyone uses a pot and a spoon. And I think that's the kind of vision that we have for energy that we're the kind of pot and the spoon that allows you to take in your local resources and create an energy system that suits your community.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I I do definitely see a world in which both that kind of potentially centralized vision, but certainly decentralized to me makes more and more sense as we live in a, pandemic and post pandemic world where pretty much like the other day I went for the first time into central London first time Mm. this year and then came back home. And it was like, I didn't need to go,
2: (laughs) Uh, but
0: you know, it was one day in the year and it was more than enough, you know, so I'm basically localized uh, to where I'm living. And, um, and the next step of that would be even for the developed world, is to develop local independence or Mm. self-sovereignty. And one of the biggest aspects of that self-sovereignty locally is energy Mm. generation and Mm, sustainable energy generation. So, of course, we've looked at all sorts of things like those things that you kind of, like the the pipes that go down deep underground Mm. and then they kind of get heated up. Uh, yeah, sure. like don't really quite understand plus it costs like 20 25 000 pounds and, <laughs> yeah. and it's like somebody has to bring a bulldozer in the back of your garden it's like yeah, that that's that. not quite that's not quite what i'm thinking about there has to be like Perhaps. a smarter way and what it what what it feels like is that you're working on things that are that smarter way that are mm-hmm. Uh, scalable from from the ground up in a distributed way and that therefore are much more resilient going forward, both in terms of linking back up to people, you know, mm. products that work with people and mm. systems that are, can
2: grow in a, in a sustainable and purposeful way. So, mm. Mm. Yeah. I just wanted to add a bonus question here because, Samson, what I'm enjoying is that, you know, even if we don't care that you haven't raised millions, right? What you're doing mm. is you've built a real product, you have real people using it, you're having real impact. Talk with real people in the market. So you're doing something that's real, that's growing, that's in the right direction, right? Mm. So this is a totally bonus question that popped in my mind two minutes ago. Mm, sure. What do, you th- what do you think of blockchain? And you can range from, here's my favorite protocol, I'm a super geek, to I think blockchain is bullshit. The whole spectrum is available to you yeah
1: um, so you know i mean the blockchain is a is a general purpose technology yes
2: um,
1: you know i think that um uh and you know it, it's it's always difficult to tell with these sorts of things isn't it um you know it's kind of like it's kind of like um steam engines is kind of the the analogy that i kind of the way in which I kind of like to think about it um, but also you know steam engines they they were really important and they kind of you know did fantastic things um, but i'm I'm slightly wondering whether we are trying to use steam engines to build cars with with the blockchain um, and um, you know, sometimes I'm kind of a little bit skeptical of the current kind of implementations of what it is that, that they're trying to do in the first instance. Um, in the second instance, I think there's a lot of kind of interesting stuff that you can do with it. I have yet to really see the kind of killer app, you know, obviously Bitcoin has, you know, managed to get massive widespread use. Um, but i think it's it's a, again it's an ironic one that like you know you kind of need a nation state
2: <laughs>
1: to to kind of take it on um and i think that there is something there that the kind of apparatus of the nation state um means is kind of a, a means through which we can kind of um I suppose, verify shared illusions um, or, or kind of like uphold shared illusions. You know, money kind of being the the kind of classic example of that, that there's this piece of paper that, that has value. And it's only really because, you know, the nation state says it has value. And I haven't really seen any kind of blockchain implementations, um, apart from Bitcoin, of course, that have, you know, approached the the problem from the point of view of you know it's it's how, how do we kind of solve that kind of the need to have a shared illusion without that legitimacy of the nation legitimacy of the nation state kind of being there as well you know so that that to me is kind of where where blockchain sits at the moment and i'm not sure whether it'll ever kind of get out of that trap
0: mm-hmm. talk about talk about philosophy uh, more, right? <laughs> Uh, you know, imagine I was having like lunches with this, with this, uh, brother. like every day at Raleigh and, you know, with, with go deep,
2: with go deep. That's, <laughs>
0: that's still, he's very much at like a first level, first layer of yeah, that.
2: That was good. That was, that, that was quite a rich response on blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> I like
0: but that. I have, I have another very, very important question. Uh sure. Samson, what does, what does open energy lab, give us three top things that you yeah. want or need right now. And again, go wild. You know, there's no limits here. We're yeah, t- sure. We're, we're manifesting you know elon, elon musk is going to be on this podcast and episode 100 uh, he, cool. he's he's already in a parallel universe he's already committed to that he just doesn't know it yet uh so you know we'll bring in like energy tycoons and all that kind of mm. stuff uh, we've already had one without ray dalio so uh you know okay. The episodes are already happening without people. So we yeah. have people on here. So for those people that come on board, mm. uh, tell, tell them what you need and want the most.
1: Mm, it's, a, it's a really good question. Um, so I think the, the kind of number one thing that we're kind of always looking for is um, anyone who either works in or knows someone who is in the kind of ESG department of a big energy company. Um, particularly ones operating in sub-Saharan Africa. would love to talk to anyone um, who's kind of in that, in that field. Um, I think, secondly, anyone, um, you know, again, I think it's really at this point, it really is contacts, but um, anyone who is within a kind of ministry um, in an African country, um, uh, kind of particularly energy or, um, or education, um and thirdly i think to kind of uh have maybe a, a kind of uh, reasonable ask um i suppose is um you know we we're, we're quite active on social media um we've got a website so we're openenergylabs.co um you know we're always you know interested in hearing people's ideas about they think that we could partner together um you know we've we've had some really great partners over the years um you know we're always interested in hearing ideas um you know beyond that so yeah check us out we're open energy labs on linkedin we're on facebook and twitter as well um so yeah if you could just go there give us a like and a follow um yeah we'd, we'd also love to hear from you if you've got any ideas
0: So this is one of those classic examples, uh, whoever's listening, uh, you know, follow through on this, uh, any, any kind of recommendation that you can pass on uh, contacts that you have uh, if you're working in a big corporation and it's looking to contribute towards their ESGs um, and, and, you know, others who are working in that, you know, Samsung and open energy labs will, will very much uh, be able to turn each pound into a lot of value downstream. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, so thanks very much, Samson, for joining us. And uh, always me. pleasure to uh, catch up and, and, and speak to you. And I really, really respect and appreciate that, you know, you're putting your life energy, punfully intended here, into where your heart is, you know? Uh, and so in that, in that respect, you're a very, very special guy. And uh you know, stay that way.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully thank we you. can
0: play some football soon as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: yeah. thank you very much for having me. It's, um yeah, always much appreciated. Um, cool. To, to, um, get awesome. To, to talk to wonderful people.
2: Cheers. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye.